Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and we have another really dope show for you guys today. Today, I am going to break down UFC 235. Uh, We're going to talk about that and pretty much the fallout from it, what's happened since then, all the news and notes and everything else, man. But before we go ahead and jump into that, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at Sage eatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 15% off your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente support the show check me out on the website thefightpodcast.com subscribe listen rate and share the fight podcast is currently on all podcasting platforms um all right let's go ahead and jump into it man uh like I said, it's already getting this out a day later than I usually like to. But uh, man, I, I I came down with something, man. After I went ahead and um, I went to the bar and actually hung out some some of my buddies to watch uh, 235 this weekend. And I never go out, man. I, I 100% rather sit back at home, order the fights and just kind of chill. But you know how it is, man. From time to time, I want to get up with the fellas. So uh, went to a went to a bar. Um, it was called a trophy room uh, over in uh, in Chicago, and it was chill, man. We went up there when I first got in there, no issues at all, super relaxed and stuff. Bartender, cool. We had to sit down over here, you know, TV, literally two big screens right in front of us, man. I was loving it, but bro, out of nowhere, like I said, when the main card starts going, but more so towards like the end. You got people in there all kind of crazy. This place is like converting into a club. <laughs> so the whole time I'm over here trying to watch fights, I got buddy bumping into me trying to grab a drink at the bar. So I don't know, man. I might go have to go back to, to Buffalo Wild Wings or something because it, it might have been a little bit too much for me. But aside from that, yelling the whole night, jumping up and down, man. It was a good time. Honestly, a lot of I've heard a lot of mixed. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews of uh 235 but man i i don't see it man i think it was a great card um it had a little bit of everything in the card you had drama you had you know great all-around fights you had a controversy you had shitty refereeing you had a little bit of everything um and you had awesome performances man so all in all i thought it was an incredible card um from top to bottom man um you had legends like Diego Sanchez coming out the mix. Really, really, really happy for that dude, man. 
this dude has he was in he was the winner of the ultimate fighter one and he has competed every year in the ufc has not missed a single year for the last 14 years gets his first finish his first finish in over a decade and gets his first performance bonus in like eight years man so i was really happy for that dude even though it messed up my pick because I definitely picked Mickey Gall on that one. Um, but nah, man, it was good. It was a, a great card all around. And man, instead of just talking about it, let me go ahead and jump into it. All right. UFC 235, as we already know, or we should, took place this past weekend in um, in Las Vegas, Nevada, the T-Mobile Arena. And uh, it was headlined by John Jones and Anthony Smith. Um, yo, I spent a lot of time... This past weekend, when I when I broke down the fight card, I did our extra episode um, on Saturday. But I really wanted to kind of drive a point home because I saw so many people pretty much calling Anthony Smith like, yo, this is he's he's a bum. It's not going to happen. He's not going to last three rounds and all this stuff. And granted, I don't think that Anthony Smith gave us the best performance he's ever given us. And I think even under his own admission, he'll say that. But I think he proved that he belongs. Dude is an absolute animal, man. Um, Had a great first round. And obviously, again, we look at it. This is a, a, um, a unanimous decision uh, win for John Jones. Yo, I sounded like Elmer Fudd there. That was terrible. <laughs> but, um... So John Jones gets a unanimous decision win, man. And just kind of looking at the way this fight broke down, um, I don't know if John was tight in the beginning, but Anthony Smith really looked good for a moment. He had his moments. He he cut John Jones with a big overhand right. But after that second round, it really looked like John downloaded downloaded everything that Anthony Smith was doing and pretty much just negating what he was just at, at every turn. He was stopping him at every moment. Um, Anthony Smith, when he is at his best, look at his last couple fights, man. When he's at his best, he is going downhill. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if he's taking an ass whooping so far. He goes downhill. He comes forward. John was able to stop that with his activity. Anthony Smith usually goes first. And that's something that, again, I talked about in the pre-fight show, was that the only way he's going to win is getting him on the on like that half beat, right? John throws that one-two. Instead of hitting him with the one-two, you go one in that and, right? That's when Anthony Smith had to pretty much attack. John was doing that to him. Which, again, I've always talked about how brilliant it is. And as much as we may not like John Jones as a person. And again, I'm going to talk about that in a moment also. But what he has shown us in the past, he's kind of been a schmuck. But I've never taken away what dude does in, in the day-to-day, right? He's incredible. He, is, he has the highest fight IQ I've ever seen. He's one of those guys, right? He adapts well under pressure. And, um, and he really does show up. So watching him compete against Anthony Smith, to me, just showed how great he actually was. Now, obviously, not without controversy, right? He goes out here, and in the third round, actually before that, I think it might have been in the second round, but there was a point in time where John looked like he kicked Anthony Smith in the head when Anthony Smith was down. Nothing happened, but in the third round, John Jones ended up, or should I say the fourth round, John Jones need Anthony Smith in the head when he was already down. 
a lot of people are giving Anthony Smith credit because if Anthony Smith was was not able to respond, he would have ended up um, winning the belt. It would have been a cheap and kind of classless way to win the belt, but that's what would have happened, right? He would have won the belt. He, they would have got a rematch. Obviously, he would have made more money and everything else. Everybody's talking about how, like, how brave and everything he was. Yo, if you've watched Anthony Smith compete ever, he's not the guy that I would think, unless he's, like, super hurt, would have, like, tried to take him away out there. He's going to try to fight to the end. Um, so, look, kudos to both men. Anthony Smith definitely belongs there. If he makes slight adjustments, could he do better? Yeah. But at the end of the day, John Jones is the best in the game. Um, I don't know how he's going to do. But just look at also this division. And real quick, man, let's just go through these numbers, which I just want to show you like the dominance of John Jones. He landed 238 out of 287 strikes for 83%. Yo, that's crazy. That's like you're landing at it like you're. You're hitting him almost every time you decide to. Anthony Smith only landed 45 out of 75 for 60%. Um, He just wasn't active enough. If he's not going to be active, you're not going to beat John Jones. To beat John Jones, you're going to have to be able to match his aggression at minimum. And uh, unfortunately, Anthony Smith was not able to do that. And again... That, that To me, that's all praises to John Jones for really being able to just walk forward and really do that to him, man. So, I mean, he ended up getting three takedowns. Now, one thing I will say, yes, he had three takedowns, but he stuffed five of them. Anthony Smith's takedown defense, man, was really damn good. And if Anthony Smith, with his great takedown defense, and actually upped his, 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 uh, his, um, his volume... Yo, man, this could have been a different fight. Um, I was really impressed with Anthony Smith. Uh, I think, I mean, what else can you say about it? A uh, great fight. What goes, uh, what's, what's happening to John Jones next? Yo, Dana White sounds like he wants Tiago Santos. Uh, Tiago Santos, absolute animal. Um, a lot of us, again, he his like he's 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 been on a complete tear, man. Beating Jimmy Manoa, beating he even beat Anthony Smith in their last fight at uh, 185 pounds. Dude is a beast. He won last week or two weeks ago, and he says he would love to fight either one of them. And that's what it sounds like. John Jones uh, actually wants or not not John Jones. Dana White actually wants to do as well, man. So um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it, though. Um, All right. This is the fight I actually wanted to talk about more than anything else. And I owe a huge apology to Kamara Usman, man. Yo. Dude is an animal. Um, Kamara Usman goes ahead and gets one of the most dominant wins I've ever seen. I mean, what can you? What more can you say about this? I mean, what can you say about it, man? This was just such a, a nuts fight. Um, I heard people for some reason saying that this was boring. Um, for those of you who thought this was a boring fight, yo, kick rocks. Um, what Kamara Usman did was one of the most impressive things that I think I've ever seen in MMA. I'm for real, man. And it's not even, I'm not even trying to make an exaggeration. So look, he goes out here and beats Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley, who I am, I'm going to be honest, and I don't want to sound like I'm backtracking, but he is somebody who has never really been a love champion, right? But, 
after his last performance, especially against uh, Darren Till, he was fainting. He looked in incredible shape. He was changing levels. He was looked explosive. That Tyron Woodley is what I expected. The Tyron Woodley that we could have argued was one of, if not the greatest welterweight champion of all time. That's the Tyron Woodley that I expected to see. And from the beginning of the fight, man, Buddy just wasn't there. And look, I take my hat off to Kamara Usman. He did his job, and I'm going to get into him because, yo, I am so high on this dude right now. Yeah, like, dude is, he's a nut, man. He's incredible. Like, I think he's going to be a champ for a minute. But let me double back to, 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 um, to Woodley, man. From the beginning of the fight, the first thing I notice is this. Is, again, Woodley is usually jacked. And there's a picture of him, and again, in his last fight against Darren Till, is that after he wins, he gets his black belt. And he did, my man's on his knee, exhaling. And he has like an eight-pack just ripped and everything is he do the super jacked he looked like a superhero man but he looks like a straight up ninja turtle but when i was watching him right before the fight yo he had like two abs he looked like he had more play he looked softer than i've ever seen him look so that was the first thing and i looked over at my boy and i'm like yo does he look a little chunky or something like what's is he like i don't know if he's in great shape and, and again, a lot of people, and again, even me, I've talked about everything that he's doing outside of the cage. And does it affect him or not? He said no. I was taking his word for it because I, I assume he's already been doing this. Holding down a TMZ show. Holding down um, an analyst job for the UFC. He just came out with an album last night. He, he was on Hawaii Five-0. Dude is everywhere. And, and I'm not trying to knock anybody's hustle or stop anybody from being. I'm not trying to stop any from, anybody from getting their money and growing their brand. As a combat sport athlete, you only have a small window to make cash. You got a small window, man. Most guys is what? Five to ten years tops? Tyron Woodley is trying to maximize what he can what he can parlay from his fame. So I'm not mad at him. But at the same token, man, is Kamara Usman doing that? When you think about it, when I'm looking at the Kamara Usmans, when I'm looking at Darren Till, when I'm looking at all these guys, are they doing all the extracurricular things that he is? They're not being torn in different directions. Yes, that does come with being a champ. As a champion, yo, this, you, hey, you got to do what you got to do. You get media, media obligations. You get a whole lot of other things. But when you do that, the gap that he's widened ended up closing up. And I put a bow on what I feel about Woodley just because another thing, first round, right from the beginning, he ended up, Pulling, pulling for a guillotine. He pulled guard, jumped guillotine. Which is in his, in his bag. He's never done that before. And when he did it, he was holding on forever. Oh, and not to mention, when he went to go jump to the guillotine, the guillotine he was on the wrong side. So being that he's somebody who has a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, 
who is a champion. That was like remedial mistakes. And that was right from the beginning. So it looked like he was off. I don't know. Again, I don't know if he was worn out. I don't know if he overtrained. I I don't know what it is. But that's not the Tyron Woodley that we are accustomed to seeing. Now, Kamar Usman. What can't I say about this dude? He went in there regardless on everything that I just said about Tyron Woodley and how great he is and how he underperformed because he did. But a big reason that he underperformed was because of this monster in front of him. Yo, he won every single moment, every single exchange of that fight. Listen to this. Significant strikes throughout the fight. Tyron Woodley, and this is from Fight Metrics, um, or actually it's called UFCStats.com now. Significant strikes, Tyron Woodley, 34 out of 51, right? 66, uh, that doesn't look great, doesn't look like he was very active. Total strikes, 60 out of 79. Check this out. Kamara Usman. This is just significant strikes. He lands 141 out of 194 significant strikes. Total strikes. He lands 336 of 390 strikes. Yo, that's crazy. The pace that he was able to put on and sustain against a champion like Tyron Woodley. Yo, this dude's going to be trouble for everybody. He mixes it up well. And look, yes, is he a a, a developed product yet? No, he's not. Has he quite figured out exactly how to finish his opponent? No, he hasn't. He has some finishes, but he's he's learning. He almost put Tyron Willie out in that fourth round. He lands big strikes. Oh, and not to mention, he came in the fight with a fractured foot. Whoa. Man. Dude is a beast. What he did, he landed 2-8. Two, two out of six takedowns, and nobody takes. Tyron Willie has the highest takedown defense in um, UFC history. Nobody takes him down. And Kamar Usman just completely ragged all that dude. Look at this. Kamar Usman, 60% of his shots were to the body. 39 to the head. Not many by the leg. Um, Dude, strikes by rounds. Oh my God. In the third round, I had the third and fourth rounds were absolutely 10-8 rounds, right? These are 10-8 rounds. Um, landed 59 or 45 out of 59 in the third round. Landed 38 out of 58 in the fourth. Yo, that's a one-sided just, just beat down, yo. I can't believe, and this was for the title. Dude is going to be a problem for a long time. He's great, man. He's going to do a lot of good things for the community. You know, great representation for, you know, Africa. And, you know, he's out of Nigeria. Yo, big ups to Kamara Usman. Um, and big up to Rashad Evans and Anthony Johnson and all those boys over at the Black Zillions. The Black Zillions. They brought that dude along. Um, they helped him do his thing. And um, 
And yeah, man, it was dope, man. Oh, so after the fight, there's been a lot of buzz going on of what's going to happen next with uh, with Tyron Woodley. Or not Tyron Woodley, with Kamar Usman. Who's he going to get? Man, right after the fight, it was announced that Kobe Covington talked his way. It's into that title shot after all of his antics over the weekend. He gets the, the, the shot against Kamar Usman next. I personally think Kamar Usman mauls dude. Kamar Usman is better at every aspect of the game. They have their very similar styles, and Kamar Usman's better at it. Yes, I said that about Tyron Woodley and uh, Kamar Usman, but look, hey, we're not perfect. But the other ones, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain. Just look at the body of work. Look at how, against the same opponent, who was more impressive? Each time you have to say Kamar Usman. Um, but this is what Kamaro actually had to say after the fight. Fuck that guy up so bad. It, it, I can't be in a room with that guy. I can't. I can't be in a room with him. It's like, I, I just can't. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to be healed up and, and, and really get to put my hands on him. You know what? That That's that's one I'm going to enjoy brutalizing him. I... So, Kamar Usman is ready for that fight. Uh, he's a little beat up and banged up right now. Um, but uh, you, you got to give him props. Um, that fight they say is going to end up happening probably sometime around July, um, probably international fight week. That'd be a great co-main event. Um, they already got the, the heat behind the trash talk of Kobe Covington and him trolling them during the open workouts. You have all of that going on. So look, man, that, that fight is sellable. It's going to happen, man. So, um, again, congrats to Kamara Usman. Um, yo, by the way, Tyron Woodley took the loss like a champ, man. Obviously, that's that's what you would expect. He was very gracious, um, and he he says that he wants to get his his his, uh, his belt back. Do I think it's going to happen? Look, this is what he says his plans are going to be. This is what he wants to do. 185 a few times in the lead up to this fight. Is that at all a possibility, or are you focused on, on staying at one? Man, I got to get that belt back first, you know? I mean, I can't, I can't leave my division like that. You know, um, I got to go back and get my belt back. And then um, from that point, yeah, I woke, I woke up to 185 and um, tried to grab that belt. But right now, like, that's what's confusing me. I had this whole game plan about beating this guy, beating Kobe, going to get the 85-pound belt, defending her, you know, and then, and then sitting down and saying, what the hell's next? So now a detour. <laughs> I got to go get my belt back. Probably, you know, defend it again because I, I can't assume um, if I beat Usman, that a rematch wouldn't go for. So I probably have to fight that, that division a couple times before I try to go up and um, grab the other belt. You had mentioned. So he says that he wants, he says that he wants to get a rematch um, with Kamar Usman. And he feels that he deserves an immediate rematch, right? Um, and again, I'm going to let you listen to what he has to say about that. Fun moment for you right now, but give us an idea, just the emotion that you're feeling right now. You know, I, I beat a lot of ass in my day, you know, and I've also been knocked down, had to bounce back. So um, I can give you a million excuses on earth, but I can tell you right now that I was prepared. I was ready. Um, even in a warm-up, I felt extremely sharp. And sometimes you just have those fights when you go out there and it's like a badass dream. You want to punch hard, but you don't punch. You want to move forward, but you're stepping back. So um, I had too many moments in there. And Kamara, he came out there and he won. So um, I still believe I'm the greatest welterweight of all time. So now 
my path is getting back and getting a belt. Sometimes everyone thinks that, you know, proving that means you go on a streak and you don't lose and you're undefeated. But sometimes the greatest champions have to face adversity and bounce back and win. So I'm looking to try to run that fight back. Like I said before, you know, we know what I'm capable of. So. I feel like as a champion and what I've done in, um, in this organization that the performance may not have vouched for a rematch, but I think um, my resume does. Uh, you know, so he right now, believes like- that he deserves a, a, an immediate rematch. Hell no, man. Are you crazy? Obviously, he says he hasn't gone back and watched the fight, but if he does, he'll know that he doesn't deserve at all. In the least, not even close. He does not deserve a rematch. Why doesn't he deserve a rematch? Because he got completely dominated. He lost every moment of the fight. I had it 50-44. It wasn't close. Oh, and speaking of the referee, and yo, Mike Garter, good God, man. And I know he's been taking it everywhere from social media and everything, but deservingly so. You cannot continue standing fighters up when they're on the ground when they worked that hard for that position. There was not a stalemate. There was not anything. There was not a break in the action. Nothing. Kamar Usman took down one of the hardest guys ever to take down in history of the sport. And just because the crowd didn't like it, he made him stand up? That's really, really bad job of refereeing. And honestly, I don't care who you are, man. That, that was awful. And there was some other questionable, uh, questionable calls of the night as well. Um, dude, I smacked super loud on that one. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't deserve a title shot. If you look at guys who deserve a title shot, you, you got to go with, I understand why TJ, TJ Dillashaw and Henry Cejudo are getting one. Flash knockdown. It could have gone either. You know, we don't know. We, we don't know what happened. Immediate title shot. Same thing with Cody Garber. Even Cody got dry, you know, finished his first fight with TJ. I gotta give, I gotta give him the prop because he dropped him the first round. So we don't know what could have happened. You get a media title shot. I get it. Look at Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor. Did he get one? Nah. Look, I mean, look at these guys that it's like you, when you look at it and they get like, it's not even like a question. It went back and forth. When they just got starched. DC Stipe, nah, it's not going to happen. Why would it happen? We cannot do that. We cannot give it to them. Just because it wasn't close. Now, and I'm going to be honest with you, I feel bad for Woodley. He's been something that somebody who wasn't as kind to the organization. The organization has always kind of hated on him. They've been struggling with negotiations and he wants to fight this person and on his terms and all this other stuff now that he doesn't have the belt man they're gonna make it hell for buddy to end up getting back there really he's not gonna get a title shot and they're going to give him every awful matchup until he just doesn't want to do it anymore i i I really i feel like it's gonna be really difficult for him for him to get back to the belt um 170 is super entertaining again though it was already a deep division, but now, again, it shuffles the deck. We have a lot of great guys who have great opportunities to do things. I would like to see Kamar Usman fight Wonder Boy. I would like to see Kamar Usman fight Darren Till. 
there are a lot of people who are now I would like to see those fights. And it opens up the division, so I'm really, really happy for that, man. Um, all right. What else? What else? What else? Oh, dude. Um, we had the <laughs> the we not that we had the return to Robbie Lawler and the first UFC fight for Ben Askren. Um, Ben Askren, as we know, is the um came from one FC or one championship as well as um, he, he was a champion there and he's a champion with Bellator. He's undefeated in, um, in mixed martial arts and he went out here and was fighting Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler went out there and again, Ben is known for his wrestling right from the beginning. He, and oh, and Ben has, for you guys who have not watched him, he has zero stand up. Like he doesn't even shadow box good. That's how he, he how bad he is with his striking. His shadow boxing looks like somebody who can't even throw a punch, right? So, but his wrestling is that good, right? His wrestling and his ground game and his strength is that good. He's that technical on the ground. So, he goes out here and does exactly what we think he's going to do to Robbie Lawler. He doesn't entertain the striking. He tries to get Robbie right away to the ground, Robbie Lawler, who was an incredible wrestler in his own right, doesn't play any of those games, picks my man up over his head and spikes him directly on his head. Crowd goes nuts. While this is happening, Ben Askren's right arm is trapped under his body, so he cannot pretty much posture up. He can't block himself. At this point in type, this point in time, Robbie Lawler ends up throwing some of the biggest hammers I have ever seen blasting cutting open Ben Askren this fight I knew was about to get stopped but Ben Askren God bless him he continued working never stopped moving and ended up pushing Robbie Lawler against the cage threatening with the takedown takes Robbie Lawler down takes his back Robbie Lawler, at this point in time, I'm freaking out. I'm looking at it. I'm screaming. Part of the reason why I'm losing my voice, I'm like, what is happening? He was about to be put out. He was done. So this dude is coming forward. Now he's taking Robbie Lawler down. And then in a scramble, he grabs his head and gets him in the bulldog choke. What is a bulldog choke, Serge? Yo, a bulldog choke is that choke that when you were wrestling around with your brother and cousins and whatever... That one that get the headlock and you just don't let the headlock go, that's a bulldog choke. It works. You can put somebody to sleep that way. And while this was happening, and this is where the controversy ended up coming in, right? Herb Dean, who I believe is the best referee in the game, is in there. Robbie Lawler is in the bulldog choke and his hand drops. As it drops, Herb Dean sees it, grabs his arm, asks if he's okay. As he stands up, it looks like Robbie Lawler was not out, okay? So, obviously, submission first round for Ben Askren. Comes back from the verge of getting knocked out and ends up um, winning three minutes and 20 seconds at the very first round. Crazy win. Crazy for his, his legend already. Crazy for his popularity. This is a guy who has the worst body in MMA. He looks like somebody's dad with curly hair, like one of your neighbors walking down the street. That's what Buddy looks like. But he's tough as nails. He's pretty funny on the mic. And he can really fight. Um, Great win for him. Um, 
So in terms of the stoppage, look, man, it happens. It appears to have been a bad stoppage, but I'm going to be honest with you. When it originally happened, the way his arm fell was the way it looks when you go to sleep. It just dropped and bounced. It's not like he was repositioned or just let like doing an arm drag. It looked like he passed out for a second. Ben Askren says he let up a little bit when he felt that also. And maybe that's why he ended up waking up. But regardless, wasn't the best stoppage. It happens. Robbie was cool with it. Neither man's uh, stock drops from that great fight, man. I'm really happy that it happened. All right. Um, yo, uh, uh, Wei, Ling, Wei Long Zhang, I, I'm going to get it, I swear. Ends up beating Tisha Torres. Great fight, man. Yo, she's going to be a problem at a uh, buck 15. Um, yo, both of these women are super bodied up, man. They both look like they can like they're both two of the strongest at that division man they're in shape they're conditioned and they're jacked <laughs> you know uh you, you could tell they both live in the gym um great fight great transitions it was a close fight but uh at the end of the day like i said at the end of the day um uh, Zhang ended up winning and moving on. Not a bad uh, fight for Tisha Torres. Again, um, great fight. And now Zhang is on a 19-fight winning streak. Um, altogether, it's only her third fight in the UFC, but if she's a 19-fight win streak, man, she's a problem, man. She's strong. She's big for the division. Um, she has really solid grappling, and she's super tenacious on the ground. You got to give her some respect, man. So she's going to be good. All right. Pedro Munoz. Um, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu standout trains at American top team, um, fought Cody Gobrand, Cody Garbrandt, the former champ, um, at a buck 35. I did have Cody Garbrandt pick to win this. I thought after two losses in a row, he would adapt. He would not get emotional and he would end up Doing more of what we saw him do against Dominic Cruz, using his footwork, staying on the outside. And yo, Pedro Munoz was having none of that. Pedro Munoz was beating him up from the onset with huge leg kicks right from the first round, right from the opening bell. He was hurting and I thought he had an opportunity to finish Cody Garbrandt in the first round off of leg kicks. So he's hurting him with leg kicks, hurting him with leg kicks. And then about three and a half minutes into the fight, four minutes into the fight, headbutt. Headbutt happens. It seems like Cody Garbrandt was wobbled a little bit by this. And he lost his composure, comes forward, throwing bombs. Pedro Munoz stays calm. He's under control. And he just ends up throwing thunderbolts on Cody Garbrandt and he knocked him completely dead with a huge right hand um Cody Garbrandt uh crumples he ends up getting his third loss in a row via KO y'all I feel bad for this kid man wait first and foremost great win by Munoz right super happy for him great win solid win but to go out there 
for Cody Garbrandt, knowing what is on the line, you knowing you've lost twice in a row, to go out there and just get overly emotional, throw bombs, and get knocked out again, pretty much throw the game plan out the door, yo, it's not a good look, man. So it makes me question, not only does it make me question his team and what they do, but it also makes me question him and his fight IQ. You have to be better than that. If you're going to be championship level, you can't just have the skills. You also have to have the mentality. And that's why I was so pissed off at Tyron Woodley. He did not have that mentality. Kamara Usman, on the other hand, did. Steel trap. Stayed composed, cool, calm, and collective. Pedro Munoz, cool, calm, and collective. Cody Garbrandt, man, lost control. Ended up getting KO'd. What's next for dude now? Who knows, man? You can't give him anybody in the top five. You have to give him a winnable fight. Because I'm going to be honest with you. If you go out there and give him somebody like Aljamain Sterling, if you give him even somebody like a Jimmy Rivera who's desperate for a win also, yo, Aljamain finishes Cody Garbrandt. Easily. I don't even see that being a fight anymore. I mean, it will be a fight. I'm not going to be overly emotional. It would 100% be a fight. But looking at the skill sets and looking at Aljermaine Sterling mixes up, mixes it up, changes levels. What he did to Jimmy Rivera his last fight was incredible. That is the best I have ever seen him. That is the evolution of an MMA fighter. Staying at distance, great hands. Threatening with the takedown, landing kicks, keeping at distance, bringing it in clinch when you want to, dictating at the pace in which he wanted to fight. Yo, that was art. That was art watching that. He destroys Cody Garbrandt, in my opinion, at this point in time, because of what I have seen in their last couple fights. Marlon Marias destroys him. Rafael Asensio, that's another win. Another big win. I mean, so right now, you have to put him back to like seven. Give him, a, give him a winnable fight. Give him somebody. You know what? Honestly, I said his name. Jimmy Rivera. That's a, that's a fight. Both of them are on a multiple fight losing streaks. There's your fight. Winner moves on. Loser goes home. You got to look at it that way, man. It, I mean, I, I don't know what else to do with dude, man. All right. Um, his... His getting overly emotional is ruining his career. He has to do better. I think it might be time for him to get a new team. All right. Um, that was the main card, man. The main card was incredible. Only thing I really want to touch on really quick um, Zabit Jeremy Stevens. Entertaining fight. Um, Zabit now deserves somebody, obviously, in the top 10, top 8. I want to see him fight Yair. We thought that was going to happen. We saw the Yair fight and how he fights in a long, hard fight against somebody good against the Korean zombie, and he ended up pulling out a win like he did. Those are the type of fights that I want to see. I want to see him fight somebody like that now. Somebody else who's long, somebody else who's dynamic. Uh, Jeremy Stevens, look, man, he's a tough dude. He's like the litmus test, right? If you can get past him, you can fight elite competition. So great win for Zabit, man. We'll see what happens next. Uh, Johnny Walker goes ahead. Man, look, I picked Johnny Walker to win. I thought this fight against Misha uh, Shurkinov was going to be a difficult fight. 
I thought he would get him up out of there within like the second round, but I thought this was going to actually push him. Sharkadoff is a beast. And Johnny Walker finishes him in 30 seconds, man. Dude is a monster. Only thing I hope that the UFC does not do is I hope that they don't go out there and actually throw him to the wolves too fast. This was a great test. Now give him somebody else who is on that level. I think somebody who has a name but is definitely on the decline, give him Glover Teixeira. That's a good push. You give him that. Then after that, you give him somebody like, I think he does work to uh, Shogun Hua, but give him to um, uh, Pretty Boy. Um, tall British guy. Man, forgetting his name right now. Um, it'll come to me in a second. But him. That guy, that'd be a great fight. You give him these type of uh, these fights with the fighters, and it's like that that are pushing them, that they're elevating the level of competition. But don't throw him to John Jones right away. I'm gonna be honest with you. Don't even throw him to Anthony Smith right away. Let's build this guy up. We have a potential to have a superstar, man. So uh, great knockout by him. Yo, work on your celebration, family. This dude ends up like separating his shoulder or dislocating his shoulder, trying to do the worm after the fight. One of the dumbest things that you could ever do. Hurting yourself, celebrating after you win. Um, at least he ended up getting a performance bonus. So that extra 50K in his bank account is going to be lovely. Uh, who else? Who else? I already talked about Diego Sanchez and Mickey Gall. All right, man. Look, at the end of the day, man, that's pretty much that fight card. It was entertaining. It was... Um, it had storylines. It was, you know, we had new champions. It had everything you want in a pay-per-view card. Great job by the UFC. Great job by ESPN. Um, it was dope, man. It was really, really dope to see. Uh, winners of the weekend. Yo, Ben Askren um, is the winner. He took a mauling, showed how tough he was, and ended up getting a submission win. Granted, yes, it was controversial, but his stock elevates. And now that his boy isn't a champion, him and Kamar Usman is a compelling matchup. It really is, man. Um, what else can I say about Kamar Usman? Kamar Usman proves that he is. One thing that I love that he said was, look, man, I'm, I'm not the best striker in the world. I'm, I'm not the best wrestler in the world. But what I do and the way I combine it, I am by far the best welterweight in the world. I respect the hell out of that. And I respect, dude, he is a winner. He And not only is he a winner because of this fight and dominating a champion and having the most dominant title fight in UFC MMA history. Beating the shit out of a champion for five rounds. That never happens. That was incredible in its own right. But now you have the possibility to really make money off of a huge possible fight with Kobe Covington. Because look, man, salute to Kobe Covington and his goofy self, Captain Cringe. He talked his way into an title fight. Now people want to watch that fight. He was all over ESPN. He was everywhere. Everybody knows Kobe Covington's name because of his antics. So they've won. Now they got to pay him. So look, I have to say, Kobe Covington, you're a winner too. He won this weekend. Kobe Covington, I can't even believe I'm saying this. He's a winner after this weekend. And he didn't even compete because he inserted himself into the conversation. I hate the way he did it. I hate his shtick. 
But the fact that he was able to talk himself into a title shot, man, I, look, hats off to you, kid. G- good work. You're older than me when I called you kid, but good work. Um, losers, I, I went into it, man. Kobe, um, Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt, man, three losses in a row, all by knockout. That is by far the worst um, thing that could happen to him. And uh, it, it really sucks for his career trajectory, man. So if anybody took the biggest loss of this weekend, it's by far Cody Garbrandt. All right, man. Um, yo, that's about all the time I have today, man. Uh it was a great weekend. Uh, this upcoming weekend, we got more fights. We got more fights. I'm going to break those down. I also had a great interview. It's also be coming out today. I was able to talk to the number 10 heavyweight in the world, Justin Willis. Uh, he's about to fight Curtis Blades um, coming up in the next few weeks. He's uh, out of AKA. He's actually on the show um, later on, and I'll post that today as well, man. We had a great conversation, and so that's coming. Um, Brandon Camille is going to be back this week Uh, He and I are going to break down all the boxing news And there is a lot of news coming up this week, man So he and I are going to break that down Um, And we have much more Obviously, I'll be uh, breaking down fight news As well as breaking down this week's fights (laughs) So we got a lot more episodes We got a lot more coming to you guys this week Uh, But with that being said, man This is episode 90 of the Fight Podcast I am your host, Serge Vicente And we'll be back soon soon man remember the fight podcast is brought to you each week by sage eats sage eats is offering healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 15 percent off of your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at serge vicente uh check us out on the website thefightpodcast.com thank you guys so much for listening and uh yo by the way i killed it on my fight picks this week man only one that messed me up diego sanchez bro I've been nine for nine. Um, I ended up being eight for nine, or should I say, I ended up being seven for eight. Uh, but uh, congrats to Diego Sanchez, man. That dude is an absolute legend. Uh, all right. Thank you guys once again. I appreciate you. I'll see you guys next time right here on the Fight Podcast. Peace out. <laughs>